What's up, guys? Jordan Bovey again, back on Ice Cream Sunday podcast with the boys here. Um, on this episode, we just kind of rehashed talking about that one-year mark um, and just really just had a good time today and discussed some other things that are important to everybody. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thanks. good friends does it feel good that you had more viewers than he did <laughs> we haven't talked about it but yeah i mean if the if the topic comes up we'll have to compare like undeniably <laughs> two of my all-time favorite episodes because like i wanted to have jr on to talk about his fighting career and like mm-hmm. kind of having that stripped away from him he still does grappling but like mm-hmm. can't punch people in the face and my man's going blind, so he can't be pun- <laughs> he, can't, he can't get punched in the face anymore. And then it turned into this like beautiful podcast about like parenting and yeah. how much he loves his daughter. And now he's having a second kid. And yeah, dude. And then like you came on and like it was just this like weirdly emotional and wholesome and like beautiful hour. And uh, it was heavy. We talked about that like when your dad was on, where the best podcasts are the ones where we just. W- we ask like one question and we just wind them up and fucking let them go. And mm-hmm. you just like, you, you tell stories for like 20 minutes. I think I said like three sentences, the whole podcast and just let you do your <laughs> thing. Um, we wanted to have you back on, take a little bit longer than we wanted to. Mm-hmm. September 19th was your, uh, one year sober. Yeah. Yes, it was. Dude, how's it fucking feel to uh, reach that benchmark? Man, it was really cool. It was, um, like bone chilling for sure. And for a few days, even like building up to it, a lot of anxiety that I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't know what to expect for that, you know? And sure. like, I kept, I'm like, you're like, what, what are you going to do? What do you have planned? I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really know. And I started thinking about it. Like, what am I going to do? And I just like enjoyed the moment kind of. But then I also like that day of the 19th, I was kind of freaking out the whole time. And I didn't really, I didn't know why. I was like, man, this just feels weird. Am I supposed to feel a certain way? Am I supposed to be like really excited? And I think it came down to it for me. Um, I had a lot of people say, hey, congratulations, you know, it's one year. I remember hearing saying, you know, it's going to be one year for you. And when they said that, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. Like, I I definitely appreciate it. But I had so many more bad years that I think that's why it felt weird for me to, like, be super, super excited. Like, I almost was cutting myself short in a sense. But at the same time, like, I think that's my way of, like, reminding myself over and over again that, like, this is just the beginning you know, but, but it was a good day. It was, I I just relaxed. I didn't do a whole lot. Um, and I'm just like constantly just, I'm excited. I'm I'm happy to be healthy and yeah. I know hitting that benchmark itself was very important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that you, you had mentioned wanting to get that one year chip. Um, and I don't know if that was like a metaphor for hitting that one year mark or if you were, if, actually getting the physical chip was important to you did you get the physical one-year chip you know what i did let's and I fucking got go. it in like the most cool way that i could ever experience in my life uh my father went and contacted like some aa group around des moines i went to go see him at his house 
And he even, he made his own version of a certificate of completion for one year of sobriety. That's awesome. And then found an actual one year AA chip of sobriety and like gave that to me. So my dad handed that to me. That's And that was like. That's fucking beautiful. Man. It was a moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to be all right. I'm just, just going to be cool. And then I went to the bathroom at his house and I started crying. I'm like, man, this is, <laughs> this is pretty awesome this was a cool feeling and like i carried it in my pocket for a little bit for a while and then i'm like man if i lose this <laughs> i'm gonna feel some type of way um so i keep it right next to my bed on on a nightstand man and um it was really cool getting it because so i've thought about it a lot more and like i remember me talking about how i'm not really like much the aa group type and mm-hmm. that scenery just it wasn't for me really and what it boiled down to, I think, after thinking about it long enough, like really, really wondering, like, what does, what bothers me the most about going there? And I think it's almost like that possibility of people like always patting you on the back when you walk in there. Like you could have a whole year, right? And mm-hmm. then say the 20th, I ended up getting drunk. And then I'm 21st in there for my first day chipping. And they're going to sit there and be like, it's okay, brother, you're home. <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait. Yeah. I don't want that because that's almost like enabling to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. Like, well, for me, it does because I failed way too many times. And um, so I'm just kind of doing this on my own. But, like, yeah, I, I was thinking, building up to getting that chip, I was thinking, like, man, do I really want to go into an AA meeting just to, grip, just to grab a chip? Sure. And then not show up again. But then my dad uh, presented me with one. And I was like, this was way cooler and way more sentimental than like that other experience at a group of people I don't know could have ever been in my life. I was going to mention that too. Like it, it probably meant more coming from your father, who's been a big supporter of yours, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, all the way through this journey mm-hmm. rather than someone you've never met. Like I, I got the chip, but like now mm-hmm. you have this story to go along with it. And these, these memories, these, these emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that that was coming? Did you know that your father was going to, What's that conversation look like? How did, how does he present it to you? I I had no clue. I, I just went out there because uh, my dog Marley's been at his house while I was trying to get my stuff back on track. And so I'll go out there to see him, my stepmom, you know, and they've got other dogs. And... Oh, Jesus Christ. This is an actual dog. Yeah. I thought you were like, my dog Marley, like my best friend, like he's been living with my dad. No. I was like, no, that's this cool. Is, this That's is my weird... little, okay, this got is my it. little dog. Got yeah. It's a little like, tiny. What? Nope real dog. <laughs> and uh, so I'll go out and see her every now and then. And then he just kind of surprised me with it. Yeah. So it was cool. So cool. Completely man. out of the blue. I was not expecting it. Like it was just a visit to see them, you know, hang out. And uh, he lives out in between Earlham and Winterset mm-hmm. in the gravel and country. So like, it's, it's nice escape. I go out there every now and oh, then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it, it was really cool. He's just like, I, you know, I got this for you and I'm, I want you to know I'm really proud of you. And yeah, it it did. It it really was like, I had chills just going through my body for quite some time that day. And just that made me sit back and think like, this is what I'm doing this for to see the family and hear the family and feel the family proud again. You know, there's a lot of people. um, I recently moved back to Greenfield. (laughs) And uh, how's that? Oh, it's been, I don't want to say it's been exactly what I expected, (laughs) But uh, I've already been faced with um, reminders of what I was like when I was there before. Yeah. And one in particular, and I can't get into this, but like it was something that I did and I'm really not proud of it at all. And that's been really tough. Um, It involved somebody that I really, really cared about for a long time Mm -hmm. that was in my life from young years, like young Jordan middle school. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
just real crappy, drunk, running my mouth, doing weird stuff. And um, so that was like the first altercation that really bothered me. And I'm like, man, do I really want to be here? But the reason I'm there is, is family matters. And um, uh, recently started another job at Poet, the ethanol plant in Menlo. Nice. And so it's a lot closer than a, a, yeah, a sure. Grimes or a Des Moines, West Des Moines commute, yeah. you know. Um, but like I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to like get a hold of anybody out there and be like, hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. So like it's different, you know. Um, but it's not terrible because I'm not. I'm just gonna keep to myself, like just spend time, spend yeah. time with the grandma, man, and hang out. The best, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, but yeah, that, I mean, there is. I, I was I was warned by some people, like <clears throat> someone that's been helping me. And I think I mentioned him in the last time I was on here. It was Marty Justin's dad, Marty Dana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he was talking to me before coming back and. He's like, are you sure you want to come back here? You know, and he was kind of giving me like things to think about. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna be all right. I guess I don't care. But I got back and it, and it, it is different, but like, I'm just prepared. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it about the past. I'm just gonna live in the present. I guess that's the only thing I can do, you know? And if, if some people never are okay with that again, that's okay. But I'm going to attempt to make amends to people that I really need to make amends to. And and if they're in Greenfield at the time and I get the opportunity, then yeah, I'm absolutely going to do it. But you know, there, there is some that just probably won't happen. Dude, not to I'm put okay. any, any added pressure on your shoulders, but you're the type of person that that town fucking needs. Like someone that left, come back has, is a completely new healed, like positive person mm-hmm. um, that, that wants to make, the world as a whole a better place, but like, especially our little, you know, our little hometown, mm-hmm. those type of people are exactly the people that I, like when I go down and I, I do the, the stuff with like the Warren cultural center, those are the people that I, lo- I love to be around. Cause they're like, gosh, we love, for example. So like I'm working with this group that does basically local music concerts in the basement of the old opera house. Mm-hmm. And those are the type of people that are like, man, we love going to like the big cities the big city, like Des Moines or Omaha or whatever, <laughs> and uh, going to these concerts. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we can do all that here. And so like they're they're trying to make Greenfield like this entertainment haven. You don't have to drive an hour to Des Moines or mm-hmm. 90 minutes to Omaha. Like you can do it right here. And they're just trying to bring a more positive environment and, and uh, things for kids to do to keep them out of trouble and um, keep them here in Greenfield and mm-hmm. like their positivity and wanting to make Greenfield a better place. And like people like you that like, I just, I, I love and respect and like nothing but, but positive vibes out of you. Like those are the kind of people that our hometown needs. And it's, it's, it, it is cool that you're, you're back there now. Yeah. I feel like you have this circle of uh, very strong supporters. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it, I think it, from an outsider's perspective looking in the perfect place for you to be right now so yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah Yeah. i mean i remember after getting off the podcast with you last time we were we we took some time like after you had left and we were getting everything packed up we 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 just kind of took some time and just kind of sat there and was like man 
that was a good episode, but it it was a lot of um reflecting. Yeah. Um you know, a lot on you, a lot on us. And you know, after after we got everything packed up, ready to go and, and had discussions about what we wanted to do uh in the future and we were like we got to have him back. I it was so easy to be like I'm excited to hit to see you hit that one year mark mm-hmm. and I'm excited to have you back to just hang out if anything you know and just and and talk about you having that without benchmark hit and I don't know what I was expecting out of getting anything from that story I I don't know what but hearing you talk about how your dad um gave you your coin and and did all that for you was way more personal than what I thought it would be uh, at least for for how your year mark would happen and that's that's something mm-hmm. I I mean I don't know how to really describe it do I feel like um Obviously, we had, you know, Morgan Newman on was our first episode. Mm. Talked to her and, like, yeah. her strength, surviving cancer, and then Incredible. not only surviving cancer, but then, you know, working with Survivor, the the nonprofit organization. And mm. and that's, like, that's like her job. She travels around and does advocacy, and, like, she wants to empower other, you know, people that have cancer, cancer survivors. Talked to J.R. Hicks, and, like, mm-hmm. I just want to be a better father, you know, after, like, talking to jr and um like we got done and just like he's talking about like you left and we're just like fuck like that was so inspiring and i feel like you've not just us but like people that you have never met that may never meet you mm-hmm. listen to your episode and you inspired the hell out of them um do you want to tell them uh jesse's story like the message that she sent you after she heard the podcast yeah yeah here let so me... while he's pulling that up um we had one of our our friends a uh, longtime friend of trevor's a girl that i've just recently i haven't even met her but mm-hmm. just recently connected with through um her being a fan of the podcast and she sent him this message that was just like hey super inspiring like it makes me want to be a better person it makes me want to wow. go out and and you know create change and and do things for for the greater good um wow i have him pull up a message but we got this really heartfelt message from her that i was like again these incredible unintended consequences of having super passionate super inspiring people on the podcast like i said people that you may never meet in person Mm -hmm. um they hear your story and you inspire them and that's why when you're talking about, hey, I want to put a, a, a book together or mm-hmm. I want to talk to people, uh, maybe do like TED Talk style events. Um, are you con- Have you been continuing your writing? Have you been organizing yeah. your notes and starting that process? Or what's that look like? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely still writing. Uh, the organization part probably hasn't been going as best <laughs> as I wanted it to. You know, um, I've gotten a little off track, just adapting to different life 
sure, changes sure. and stuff with the with the moving and um but yeah i every now and then like i'll i'll put little things in into my phone like mm-hmm. i'll hear music or like the whole way up here i was listening to a podcast by uh john bernthal i think is his mm-hmm. name yeah. and he has shia labeouf on there and that's like a two oh, hour long favorite episode, episode yeah. dude that's Man, a good episode i've listened to it like three times now and um whenever i'm going somewhere far like recently i've listened to that episode specifically because that one clicks to me the most um nothing about the domestic of course but just like Mm -hmm. the feelings and what he talks about and the people in his life and 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 like the support from from uh his wife um yeah it uh i'll hear things and then it's not like copying it down to put it into my book but it's like it clicks something into my brain and i'm like oh man i was thinking about this the other day i'm glad he just said that because that just reminded me Mm -hmm. you know so i'll do stuff like that um yeah, yeah, I'm still writing, definitely. Awesome, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Like th- these, it'll be two hours now. These these two hours that you've been on our show talked about it. Like I feel like that we're only scratching the surface of all mm-hmm. of the stories, and I, I can't wait until you put something together that we're able to sit down and read because I just feel like it's just gonna inspire more people. To, yeah. Um, did you find that message from Jesse? I did. It's not as long as what I remember it being, mm-hmm. but you know. Uh, so this is from Jesse and she says, I listened to the last episode and holy shit, that was powerful. I have no idea who he is, but that is what I love hearing when I listen to you guys. True, raw, vulnerable stories about the human condition and perseverance. Yeah, that's amazing. So. I don't know who you are, Jesse, but thank you. Like, that's good. I'm glad it touched this person. Um, cause that's what it's all about for me now. Um, wanting to help, um, however that can look, whatever I can do, um, even if it just means coming up and seeing you guys every now and then for mm-hmm. yeah. more talks, you know, like you said, just hanging out and looking at Corey in the corner over there. <laughs> no fucking creep. <laughs> I know. I, and then I think if I remember right, there was a second message where she sent and it was like, I, I am going to volunteer my time. Um, yeah, she talked about, um. She's going to volunteer her time for... Man, bot calls. Uh, she's going to volunteer her time for hospice. Oh, that's... Um, man. Yeah. You That'd had mentioned... Cool. We talked about putting a, a book together. You had mentioned the last time that you were on when you were at the fort. Mm. Um, there was a book Love that, that inspired place. you. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a book that inspired you by David Goggins, who I've went and listened to a lot more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that book was lost or stolen from you? Yeah, it was stolen from me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had to just tell myself whoever has it, I hope they're reading the whole thing and I hope you needed it. You, uh, you by chance haven't like replaced that book, have you? All right, perfect. No. So, uh, <laughs> For your one year sober, <laughs> we decided to uh, get you a little something, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh man, uh, open that up and uh, flip through pages. See if you find anything special. In That's there. awesome. This is awesome. Flip through like the first, I'd say, like five pages. See if there's see if there's anything in there that might be uh, special or different than maybe the copy that you had. Oh, this one's signed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How do you find how do you find this? I got connections. Don't worry about it. You have connections. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Dude, that's I can't incredible. tell you all my secrets. That's incredible. 
No, that last one definitely wasn't signed. That's for sure. So we wanted to. Oh wow! Yeah, we wanted to congratulate you, man. Um, thank do something you. special, really. You, like I said, you inspired man. hundreds of people that have listened to your episode now. And uh, man, the the book that man. you said inspired you. We wanted to make sure that you had a uh, a copy, uh, a personalized copy from yeah. from us from David. So. Man, this is cool. This is incredible. I just watched another uh, interview with him. I can't remember the guy. I've never seen this dude before, but he had him on here again. I was watching him the other morning before I worked out, and I was thinking about this book again. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's got this book? <laughs> but, uh, wow. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Like, th this is cool. Absolutely, man. This is cool. This is um, – I remember the feelings I was getting when I was reading this book. Um obviously like the time I was reading it, like I'm sitting in a room, of course, you know, you're still technically incarcerated. And I was like, man, this guy's childhood was kind of shit. It, it made mine feel not so bad. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I like coming into these days is like stuff that's going to make me stop throwing a pity party for myself. Cause I've done that so much too. And, uh, man, <clears throat> yeah, this is awesome. As like fucked up as it sounds. Um, Wow. I love like I, th I shouldn't say love. I find it interesting that when I, I and I feel bad about myself, I'm like, man, I grew up in a in a broken home and like I never met my father until I was 17. And my mom mm. like left when I was six and I didn't see her again until I was like 18. And like I grew up with my grandparents and that was hard. And Greenfield was pretty racist. And then like I, I read up mm. on his story or I read up about other people's story, like the people that inspire me. And I'm like, you know what? I really didn't have it that bad. It's all perception is reality. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's just crazy. Like, just like the message from, from Jesse, like I get messages from people and they're like, Hey, I grew up with, you know, I grew up with my aunt and uncle or I grew up with my grandparents or I grew up <clears> in, <throat> in foster home. And like your story is very similar to mine. And, and the way that you, you guys talk on your podcast candidly about different things are like, I got messages cause for not to, you know, poke fun at, at Trevor, but, um, you know, there's that TikTok that's like fucking message me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but for whatever reason, I feel like people, did you ever see the comment? Yeah, of course. There, there was one comment that was like, well, if they wanted to, they would clearly you didn't get the joke. Yeah. But, um, I feel like people reach out to me for feedback on the podcast. And a lot of them are like, you guys are just like raw and emotional and like there was an episode we had right before we kind of went on hiatus it was the end of last year we probably published it in end of november or december and trevor talked about um his uncle passing and someone reached out to me and was just like yeah that those kind of stories like you don't typically get that on a podcast especially one that like when we started we brand ourselves as like a comedy podcast mm -hmm. and um we, we were talking about that the other day where it's like like scrubs it's like okay if it's a comedy then why am i crying so much like, <laughs> um, and i feel like our show is like that we branded it at first as like a comedy podcast and then um you know we have stories like that and, and mm -hmm. morgan and jr and yeah. you and um I, I just people asked us over this weekend as of this recording at halloween and palooza like what's your show about and i never had a really good answer and Corey and i talked about this on the way home mm -hmm. last night like it's become this like storytelling podcast and it can be a funny story or it can be a sad story or an inspiring story. But um, I really just want our podcast to be an outlet for really passionate people mm -hmm. um, 
to, to tell the stories about things that they're passionate about, whether it be their own personal growth or as simple as video games or pro wrestling or whatever their passion is. Mm-hmm. And Corey made a good point yesterday at Halloween Palooza when he was talking to somebody. There's not one thing more important than the other. Right. Like people, exactly. will, people will watch your story and they'll, they'll get so much out of it. And then other people will watch us fucking rant about pro wrestling for an hour and they'll be like, I got so much out of that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, no, <laughs> yeah. no one story is more important than the other. And, um, I just, I want this to be a, a platform and continue to be a pa- platform for people to tell their stories and share their passions. And, yeah. um, so one of the, one of the things that we, um, did this weekend for uh Halloween Palooza was, um, we tried to get Corey used to pitching what the podcast was about. Um, but one of the biggest things we, we hit on is like, well, what's it about? And we'd list off different things and, and we'd specifically list off you as one of, uh, like one of the, episodes one of the that, examples. Like, yeah. If you've never listened to the podcast, like that's a good one to, to listen to, to start with. And that, so. that kicked off so many conversations for us too. Mm-hmm. It was really? like, Oh that's yeah. Awesome. So that's cool, man. Yeah, it, it makes me feel good. And I, I've tuned into a lot of different episodes now. Just after JR's was the first one I listened to. And like, yeah. obviously, that dude's family to me. Like, so yeah. I was like, I have to check this out. And he is, he's doing amazing. Um, I'm super proud of him. I, I couldn't be happier to have someone like that guy in yeah. my life and his wife and the baby. And they're doing really well. And, um, but you guys' podcast, I like it because it's diverse. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get on a podcast where it's just about one thing over and over and over because I'm going to stop listening to it. So, and I feel like other people feel that way too. Like they want to hear something, just a range of, you guys are bringing in diversity. You guys are bringing in goofy, silly, yeah. seriousness, maybe sad. And, and then like, it's all coming into one spot. I, I love it. You know, well, and it, it's also cool because I know all of you. So it's like, yeah, this is yeah. legit. So I can <laughs> tell people about these guys because I know them. My my college friend, Dustin, came up. He's been on the podcast like three times. We recorded an episode with him late last night. And we were talking about this. Corey and I were talking about this. And I talked to, to Dustin about it, too, after Baby Boy fell asleep last night. Um, <laughs> that when you, when you, let's say you haven't talked to a friend in a while, or mm-hmm. you're at like a high school reunion or something, you're not going to, you're not going to go, Hey man, I haven't seen you in, in years. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. No, you just let it, you let it flow. Mm-hmm. You, you come up with something and something like pops in your head and you're like, let's talk about that for a little bit. And then that'll spark another story and that'll spark another anecdote and things like that. So our podcast is just like, it's just a hang with homies. And it's like, yeah. Oh, well, we weren't anticipating talking about this, but it just came up because it like this reminded me of this and this reminded me of this. And so like, is it funny sometimes? Sure. Is it sad sometimes? Sure. But like, that's how conversations work. Exactly. Um, and so of course, like we have you on the whole episodes about you, the whole episodes about your, your recovery and, and your journey. Sure. But like at the same time, there's like stories and, and things that like, oh, there was probably things that you said that you're like well, I wasn't expecting to talk about that or like I wasn't expecting to bring that up at all. And it just that's just how it happens. And I, I love yeah. the fact that like we could we could script out every word of our podcast, but it wouldn't it wouldn't maintain that same spirit. Right. You know? It wouldn't be genuine. Exactly. No, it wouldn't be genuine. It exactly. wouldn't be authentic. Um, we, we talked about JR was on. You know JR. Mm. You know a little bit of his story. And so you tune in to that episode 
And then that's how you discover the podcast and things like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, and we can certainly cut this out if you want to. You briefly talked about the mother of your child on the last episode. Has she heard the first episode? Have you guys talked about it? Is there what has happened? From is, there? is it if positive? You don't, yeah, if you don't mind talking about it. Um, and like I said, we can cut this out. Um, yeah, uh, she didn't have too much to say about it. Um, it might not be a good idea for me to no worries to, to speak about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. It, uh, man. Um, Zoom calls, the relationship with your kid, has that uh, yeah. continued? Yeah, yeah, we're still doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, still good to That's see awesome. Oliver. He's goofy. I just spoke to him. Well, spoke to him, but I got to see him on the sure. on a video chat just yesterday. He's wild, growing, lots <laughs> awesome. of energy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing good. Yeah. How old is he now? He's two. Holy shit. Yeah, he's two, and he's really tall for a two-year-old, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm thinking I'll be out there before this year's over with. Cool. Good. Yeah, getting to visit him. That's awesome. Yeah, things are looking good. Um, I got the green light from the people I need to get a green light from, you know. So uh just with this with this new job I'm at, I have four twelve hour days and then I'm off okay. for four days. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, yeah, and then you build up PTO like right off the bat. So as soon as I get that PTO built up a little bit more, and then I can have like a whole week out there mm-hmm. rather than scrunching everything into a four day plane trip there. Yeah, I'm gonna do that for sure. And yep. um, as far as I know, she's still cool with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, basically, I just shouldn't have said too much, you know, the last time, and without asking, because I didn't ask her if I could talk. Sure. You know, and that that's kind of what it was. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as her letting me see him, that's still a good thing. You know, she's still a great mom. Yeah. Things are awesome. Things are all right. Awesome. Good. I know that you said you moved to Greenfield. You got a, a new job in, in Menlo. I know mm-hmm. the last time we we talked, you thought maybe your journey takes you back out to the East coast permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you thinking I'm settled in Greenfield for the time being, or is the ultimate goal to still get back out East? No, the ultimate goal will always to be, yeah, it, it's always going to be to get closer to Oliver sure. for sure. Um, and, and the big reason for that is like, I, I just can't, I can't see me trying to raise a son from Iowa that's over mm-hmm. in Maryland. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not, I just don't think it's healthy, really. You know, I don't want to hop him on a plane and fly him back to his mom's or have her fly. It just seems very inconvenient. And and like I said, most importantly, not healthy for a child to have to go through something like that. So once I get everything squared away here, I don't know how long I'll be here. It could be one year. It could be five years. It could be, you know, two or whatever. But uh, eventually, yeah, I'll be back. I'll live on the East Coast. That's where I've always wanted to be anyways. It really is like the my destination, you know. I want to have some land out there, uh, maybe have a place in North Carolina too, you know. Yeah. You know, those are the big pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always said I'm going to... I'm going to get rich somehow by it's a not, yacht. It's not abundantly clear that you have an affinity for Carolina oh, yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, best team, but what, who are we, what are we here to talk about? <laughs> you said he's tall for a two-year-old. Are you going to get a basketball in that boy's hand? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Go. he's got a ball. He's got a basketball and a soccer ball already. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to be an athlete. I just have no doubt about that. He's got so much energy that he's going to have to direct it to something, I hope. 
Um, but yeah, I think basketball is going to be in his future for sure. Speaking of basketball, let me ask you kind of a random question. So on the first episode, you talked about how, um, you know, you think you're, you're, you're a good ball player in high school, but coach B is not playing you because he doesn't, you don't want that. He doesn't want that on his court. So obviously he's not at Nottoway Valley anymore, but he's still in the area. He's still mm-hmm. uh, coaching cross country for Waukee now. Oh, really? Um, any plans to reach out to him and, um, let him see kind of how you've grown as a person? I think that would be someone that I've met. I've met very few people in a in a school setting or a a coaching setting that truly, truly cares about the people that he coaches and the people mm-hmm. that he teaches more than than Daryl Burmeister. Um, I think that's someone. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think that's someone that if you reached out to him and was like, "Hey, man, just wanted to let you know my story," and you know how, like. As I continued to grow, I saw that the reason you're not playing me is because of my personal issues. And I just want to let you know, like, this is where I'm at in life now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would. Uh, I almost said get a kick out of it, which is probably not the right way, but I think he would be very <laughs> interested to hear from a former student and a former player um, mm-hmm. and see how you've you've grown as a person. Yeah, I've always had the most respect for him. Um, one person I touched on was, was uh, Derb, right? Yeah, yeah. but like. Yeah, Coach B, I always did respect him a lot. Um, and I do. I drive by his house quite often. And mm-hmm. I see his truck out there, and I'm like, maybe I should go inside. You know, maybe it's not a good idea. But yeah, yeah um, I have thought about that just random, random times, mm-hmm. thinking like, man, I should go see how he's doing. Like, if nothing else, just stop by, knock on his door, and be like, hey, how are you, man? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm back. I'm back in the area. You should just wanted to see how you should. How I think that would be really good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, for uh, sure. Speaking of people we know, I totally forgot this until just now. Um, a few weeks ago, when they had the farmers market over uh, in downtown, mm-hmm. ran into Ty Rash. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he talked. He listens to the podcast, and he had nothing but good things to say, and mm-hmm. nothing but you know love and support, and just. Just wanted to throw that in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen him quite often up at the up at the farmers market. Man. I love that dude. He's always joyful. Like yeah. he's always oh, yeah. a person to like. I always make an effort to go there. Sometimes I only go to his produce. I just go there to talk to him. And uh, Brad's with him most of the time too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Just like catching up. I'm like, how you guys doing? You know, just trying to support you guys. Yeah, yeah. He's always got good stuff to talk about. He just he seems like the the dude that's just like. Like we all want to like travel the world, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and then you like you look at Tyler and he's, he's just doing like, it. Yeah, it is. I wanted to, so I did. Like yeah. I wish I had that I wish I had that mentality that I could just like I wanted to do it, so I it's did like, it. Like constant Zen cloud just following him. Yeah. Like it's all just, the time. Just full of joy, just full of positive vibes. Yeah. Like, um there's some people that you have on like social media and it's just nothing but negativity and oh, like man. like you're 34 years old. You don't have haters. Like relax. You know what I mean? And then, and then you get someone like, uh, like you or like Ty Rash. And it's like, gosh, it's like it's positive energy. And like, that's the people that you want to have around you. That's the people that you want to see pop up in your feed. Um, J.R. Hicks the same way. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like these, these simple little things in life that just make you so happy. And you just like, like J.R. Hicks posted yesterday. He's just like, man, I, I, I rolled or grappled, whatever you want to call it <laughs> for like fucking four and a half hours. Like, man, I live such a blessed life. And I was like, that's all it takes, man. Just yeah. <laughs> do the thing that you're passionate about. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Am I fucking exhausted today? You bet your sweet ass I am. Friday and Saturday were long days. <laughs> Friday, it's like it's like <laughs> two in the afternoon, and uh, so l- literally like haven't I have been up that long? But like it's two in the afternoon, and Corey and I are like, man, do you remember when we had breakfast? That was today. That was just <laughs> earlier today. And it seemed like an eternity ago. Um, so, yeah, we're exhausted. But, like, at the same time, this whole weekend is just, like, we get to hang out as as a group of friends mm-hmm. um, promoting our fucking little podcast of dumb, dumb stories uh, yeah. and, and meeting new people and, um, like, recording podcasts in crazy locations and, like, haunted hotels. And, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired. But... I this has been one of the most fun weekends and then to cap it off with like legitimately and I'm not just trying to blow smoke up your ass like legitimately one of my favorite people to have on the show just because like if if this episode is anything like the last one you're gonna leave here you're gonna close that door and then immediately all three of us gonna be like god damn dude like that dude we're that all buying north dude. carolina gear now yes. <laughs> i look like shit in blue but i'll do it for you oh I'll, you know what? i'll do it next time he's down i'll, I'll have a tar heel jersey oh Perfect. that's what's up jordan jersey yeah oh, of course i love that they got him on sale at shields right now let's go <laughs> look me, uh so me and my wife are, are big jordan fans always have been nice and um one of the funniest things that we have is uh, when I was in second grade, I had Jordan's uh, biography rebound mm. on hardback. Like, you know, so my dad knew I was a Jordan fan. I don't think he ever took it seriously that I mm-hmm. read it through it. I did. Um, good. And then, um, you know, fast forward 20 plus years, I'm with my wife and she's like, I have that same book. Oh, that's awesome. And there's like side by side on our bookshelf in the bedroom. That's like, cool. It's just, it's just that's really cool. cool. I have a ton of Jordan gear and you know, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those weird kind of little, Oh, that's crazy. We have the same, the same thing, you know? Yeah. So I had that same exact book as well when I was young. And when we made the move from Virginia to Iowa, disappeared Mm -hmm. i don't know if the movers got that from me because i had like a case for it like there was i had that book there was another book next to it and then i had a dvd stacked into it my mom and i will always remember my mom getting it i think my mom's the big thing that pushed jordan onto me because she was a michael jordan fan you know got me my first little jordan's jerseys mm-hmm. i i had the full bulls gear the blazers the bean yeah. bags man the socks i the still have a jordan everything. jersey in there the black one yeah yeah see i gave my son has all of mine right now i, I hope <laughs> i'm sure he does <laughs> but uh yeah i i had that book too and a couple more and i lost them i have book. a wheaties box now that's it michael jordan yeah. on a little baby remember them tiny cereal boxes yeah yeah little, with yeah. his signature yeah. and he's on that that's all i've got right now uh carolina jerseys you know and then um i don't know where it is but i have two mint uh mint amateur cards of uh baseball really oh that's sick man uh my uncle trent he's like 10 years older than me um he had a 
it was like a sublimated dye. So it was like a picture of Jordan on the back of the jacket was like a button up. Uh-huh. So it had like a red collar. The actual jacket itself was white, but it had like uh, like the red Bulls logo. But on the back, it was like a black and white Jordan like portrait photo. It was so fucking That's sick. Cool. And then I stole that shit and I sold it to James Larson for 10 bucks <laughs> when I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> I know where he lives now. You can get it back. I'll beat his ass. <laughs> That man is a giant. He yeah, will murder he will you. Fucking kill me. He is still so big. But he's the he's the friendliest dude in the world, though. Um, speaking of uh, like Jordan Bulls books, I don't know if you guys ever saw it. I have it in my house right now. I'll I'll take a picture of it and send it to you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember those books when we were little that you would cut out like a school photo of yourself and put it in the back, and then it always had like a the face cut out of everything. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And then it, so it, it made it look like you were in the book. No. So it, this one, this one was like, um, it was like my, it was like an adventure series. And this one was like my adventure with the Chicago Bulls. And like during the book, like the 50 pages of the book, you're, you play point guard for the, the Bulls. No right? way. Yeah. And so like you team with like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan in the nineties and, and it's just my dumb <laughs> kindergarten photo <laughs> and I was like, I'm on the Bulls. Just I'm five, six as an adult. <laughs> I'm not playing on the Bulls. Wait, yes. Wait, wait. The fuck you think I am? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Bulls? a guess. I'm going to yeah. take a guess. It was your photo. Yes. On the book, uh-huh. right? <laughs> white body. Oh, incredibly white body. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a white point guard for the Bulls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of white athletes I saw it. I, this probably isn't funny to you because you're not the biggest football fan in the world but Shane Gillis has this or is it Shane Gillis uh, yeah Shane Gillis has this joke that's like um, cornerback in the NFL is the most difficult position to play because they don't even let white people apply <laughs> there hasn't been a black cornerback in the NFL for like 20 years <laughs> um, speaking of Shane Gillis have you listened to any uh, stand up lately? Like, um, Kevin Hart's new stuff. What did it? I can't remember even. I don't even remember what it's called. I listened to get listened to that, and then I listened to Matt Reif a lot. I love Matt Reif, dude. <laughs> He's Best crowd work in the game. Right yeah, now. his crowd work is incredible. Yes. Um. Yeah. So Shingles blowing up lately, and um. He's very much uh, an acquired taste for people. He's he is not politically correct at all. He don't give a fuck about it. I'll probably so, like him then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, I mean, if you don't like him using certain words, probably won't like him as as a comedian. Uh, he he says the stuff. Even I'm like. Mm. <laughs> but oh, the overall content's funny, uh-huh. so like I, I also got to keep in mind comedian, right? He's it is what paid it is. to do that. Yeah. The thing is, like, there's sometimes that I'll I'll listen to stand up comedy and then I'll read through the comments on like an Instagram post or something. It's like that's a that's a racist. And it's like it is, but like <laughs> maybe this makes me sound like a piece of shit. But there are times where like you can have a, a racist or a sexist or even a, like a a slightly homophobic joke, but if it's done in a way that's like really creative and it's not, it's not meant to be like, you're making fun of those people that have those views. Like it's, it's homophobic in the fact that you're making fun of people who are homophobic or it's racist in the way that you're making fun of people who are racist. Like if it's, if it's crafted in a way that's really creative, like Shane, some of Shane Gillis's stuff is like, it can be pretty racist or 
people people from the outside perspective looking in is gonna is gonna watch the joke about his uh his uncle with down <laughs> syndrome Daddy. and they're gonna be like that's really offensive yeah. it's not you're he's making fun of people who are like you can't make fun of people with down syndrome yeah. and what he's really saying is like and he even you can't out, you he can. even flat out says and, like his whole f- like that's his family he has yeah. personal experience with it so uh-huh. he would know better than anyone so sorry yeah. go ahead no, no no i'm just saying like the way that he crafts the joke is like my my mentally challenged relative is a hilarious human you know it's not like i'm i'm not making fun of him he's doing funny things like he stays up at two in the morning and makes grilled cheese sandwiches to take the to the restaurant in case they don't have grilled cheese sandwiches on the menu. Like that's a funny concept. He's not <laughs> making fun of mentally challenged people, but like just little I, things like that. Like if it's a if it's a well crafted joke, you can you can really joke about anything mm-hmm. as long as it's funny. One of my favorites was um, he starts joking about gay people, and, and at first you're like, oh, there you go, oh, he's like. Gay people in the military, the most terrifying thing on the planet. Nazis, they just look sharper. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, Vikings come in with their ship, they land, and you're like, oh, no, this is terrible. They raise that flag, and you're like, this is worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you had talked about uh you know kind of leaving a legacy and um now that you are a year sober you want to do more you know we talked about writing the book and doing ted talks and and things like that um what what's your ultimate goal now that you that you've reached a year how do you want to continue on this journey what 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 do you think is next for you um so the next thing i'm gonna do uh and it's probably gonna happen like I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so I'll have next, not tomorrow, but next Monday off. Okay. I'm going to drive down to Zion, which is the first legit treatment program I went to. And I'm just going to go there and like talk to people and thank them and uh, kind of just hang out with them for a couple that's, hours. And That's awesome. Um, I love that. Just because there's counselors there and I'm, I don't think I'm really even allowed to say their names, but sure. there was one and one very specific woman that, the very first time I went there, I mean, my emotions were everywhere. Like I had just gotten extracted from Maryland by my mom and stepdad. And the next, the first morning I wake up being back in Iowa, you know, on bad terms, I'm on my way to Zion and Clarinda. Mm-hmm. And the minute I met this counselor, when she started speaking, something clicked into my brain instantly. And I'm like, this is my person right here that I'm going to definitely resonate with. And she has like 30 years of experience. Um, She was on both sides of things and now she's helping people, you know, recover. Um, So I owe a lot to her. She's an incredible. When you do go out there, find out if you can uh, like name drop. Yeah. And um, like, if you can, let us know who that is so we can make sure she gets credit for mm-hmm. yeah for doing what yeah, she does. Yeah, she she's huge. Um I I've emailed her and I let her know 
how things have been going and she's she's just great so i'm definitely going to go down there and see her and and the rest of the counselors there too at zion were awesome mm-hmm. they were great they were great as well you Those... know they had a lot of faith in me and and they were a big part of my story you know and like with this whole like talking about people and stuff i do have to make sure i ask them first right oh yeah of course of course and and, and that's that's what happened with my son we mom. probably didn't get better at that i just ask didn't well. ask her yeah. but uh um yeah, if if I do talk about somebody, just future reference, if I forget to ask you, I'm I'm talking about these people because they are a part of what's very important to me. For sure. This is the most important thing in my entire life is continuing the sobriety and becoming a better person and 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 finding these people that I wronged and making amends to them and then helping anybody that I can no matter what that looks like. Those people when you are at your lowest point are so vital, so important. Um, I remember, gosh, this would have been January, no, February, 2019. Um, I had just started seeing Amy, who's now my wife, my favorite fucking person in the world. And, uh, for whatever reason, I just, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work today. Like, um, I'm not, going to kill myself but like part of me wants to mm-hmm. i didn't get to that point but i was like i've never had these feelings before i've never gotten to that point where it's like um i'm not i'm not actively trying to kill myself but also like if for whatever reason something were to happen to me that might be the best outcome and i was like i don't i don't like this feeling mm-hmm. so um my wife who's a pharmacist is like you should probably like get on medication or at least go see somebody. So there's a a Methodist hospital has a really good, like um, mental health, urgent care. So I went in there and I met with one of their, their therapists and uh, this, this whole conversation with her did create this like existential dread where I now think about myself and and how I'm perceived and how I perceive myself. And um, it did fuck me up a little bit, but it really helped because she was like, she asked me all these questions about like, how did we get to this point where you are, you know, having these, these not thoughts of suicide, but like these thoughts of like, if I die, great, mm-hmm. you know, takes, yeah. it takes all the pressure off of me. Um, and she, the last question she asked is like, who is Austin Buckner? And I was like, Oh, well, like, um, you know, I, uh, I make music and I do the pro wrestling stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Not not what do you do, but who are you? And I was like, well, um, you know, I'm the father of of two beautiful little boys. I'm I'm recently divorced, and she was like, no, 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 not who are you in relation to these other people? Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to answer that. So for the for the next uh, almost five years now, I'm like, God, who the fuck am I? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, not what do I do or who am I married to or who my children are, um, or where I grew up, like, who am I? And I still can't answer that question, but those kind of people, when you're at your lowest, who make you introspective and make you, make you think like, okay, first of all, who am I, Mm -hmm. but also who do I want to be? Like those people are so crucial and God, I wish I could remember her name. Um, but just those people who are there for you, complete strangers at the time yeah. that help you out in your time of need. Unbelievably vital, un- unbelievably important. And um, those people have 
I can only imagine one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Um, you know, someone that's recovering from thoughts of suicide in your situation, people who are recovering from alcoholism mm -hmm. um, and to be able to have these face-to-face -face conversations with complete strangers and then set them on the right path is a skill that is just, it's so vital and so important. And I, I, I can't thank those, those people enough. So mm -hmm. um, man, any, anything else about your, your story, anything um, that you want to tell people that we maybe haven't asked about or um, where you've been or where you're headed? Um. I don't know. I mean, it, it is a sore subject. I like that you brought up, like, it's very, like, what's the right word? It's just a serious thing to talk about. Like, I think if a lot of people are afraid to talk about suicide. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, it's claiming a lot of people. There's a lot of suicides out there, a lot. Um, and, and that's a lot of the reason that, like, my biggest come to God moment was, in a time where like, I definitely wanted to die. I wanted to die. And God saved me by placing my father at the right time, mm -hmm. the right moment. And I'm here because of that. I'm here because of that whole process and what happened. Um, it, it's really hard to talk about, but I think people really need to. It, it, it's hard to go from, ah, I don't care about anybody else. I'm, I think the best thing that would benefit everyone because at that point when you're thinking about killing yourself you're not you really do believe that that's the best thing that could happen yeah for not just yourself and i've heard a lot of people say you're a bitch if you do that you're a coward you're selfish mm -hmm. are, are you really being selfish though because essentially you're sitting here thinking like that's what is best for other people because somewhere in the mix of all this horribleness which is trauma self-pity anger frustration pain like you really do believe that people don't want you around and that i don't think that's being selfish like there's just something really really wrong and i don't i, I just don't want people to think that that is the answer because it, it is definitely not that's it's, it's definitely not that's um, where i was it, and it, it's a tough spot to get out of, but you did the right thing. Obviously, you yeah. know, you're here. That's a great, I'm, I'm happy for that. And like, I don't even have to know the person. If I, like, I had someone tell me a little while back, like, yeah, I had to go to a, a funeral and my friend committed suicide and my stomachs just started to hurt right off the bat. Like, mm -hmm. cause I didn't know that person very well. And I damn sure didn't know the person they were talking about, sure. but it's like, man, like what type of people did they, this guy have in his life? Like, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. I um, I have a good friend from Virginia, and she works for um, a suicide prevention for military, for like special ops guys. And yeah. talking to her, I, yeah, like we we got in contact the most vital around the time that this podcast, the first one, came out, and it was just awkward timing, but like perfect timing, because don't get me wrong, I still have some dark thoughts in my mind a lot. You know, like when I hit my one year, I was like, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. Like, I'm not excited about this. And people are like, you should be, man. Think about yeah. what you overcame. And when like all these other people that have so many more years of sobriety, like be excited about it all the time. You know, I get so frustrated when I hear people say like, oh, like, like I just said, like, oh, that's just coward. That's a bitch way out. Like, mm -hmm. no, man, don't, don't ever say that to me. Like, 
that's not it's not true because really you don't know what demons people are facing and and if you're facing demons that are dark enough to make you think that your loved ones would be better off with you dead then please just try to get some help ask somebody talk to somebody do something you know it it can help for sure um i want to get involved with with that i think that would be like my main focus is Mm -hmm. just finding a way to talk to people about that Mm -hmm. I think um, you're in a kind of a perfect position to do that, um, especially with everything you've done, uh, everything you plan on doing. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, give it give it another year or, you know, I, I don't know the process of how, how it works, but like... Yeah, me neither. Like, if <laughs> I have every confidence... In you and the fact that if you want to help someone, if you want to, if you want to be a, a motivational speaker, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I have every confidence that you're going to do that and you're going to do it very well and you're going to impact way more people than just the people that listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I Thank understand you. that motivational speaker is a, a title. It's a, it's a job, but you have already done some very motivational speech in the two episodes that you've been on here. We read those messages. We've had so much feedback about this episode. Um, man, I think you're, you're already well on your way, um, in, in motivating and and inspiring many, many people. Um, I, I hope, I hope so. Um, one of the things that I really like about David Goggins is he, when he's faced with someone telling him like, that he can't do something. He's like, yeah, say it again. Tell me I can't. And, um, there's been people out there that are like, yeah, you're not going to do this. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to do it just to prove them wrong, but like it does fuel me in a different way. And that's why I like a lot of stuff that he did because he did a lot of things based off of fear, Mm -hmm. fear that he used to have. Um, and like pain, pain can be an adhesive for people. You know, that can really bring people that are complete strangers together and they can form this bond that like might save that other person from committing suicide the next day or that day or Mm -hmm. a year from now because they're like, man, I got along great with that person and he really did care about what I was saying. Um, Or I listened to what he had to say and I didn't quit because there's a lot of people in my life that I have heard them talk or I've seen them do something um, and they didn't quit when they absolutely could have. And I do think about those things a lot when I'm writing, when I'm by myself and I'm having these moments of, of dark thoughts come into my head. Um, there's a lot of people that I think about now and, and, um, you know, mainly, yeah, my son, um, every time I see him on a screen, knowing that he has no clue who I am, but there's something that clicks because Obviously, he's two years old, so he's not holding the phone waiting for dad to get on there. You know, he's like in la-la land, and then I get on this <laughs> screen, and I see him lock in. He locks in with me, and I don't know how to describe that. I don't know what that is. My daughter does the same thing. But it's like he, he, it's like he does know me, yeah. but he doesn't, and it makes me just want to keep doing the right thing because yeah. I, I have – I've I, I'll – probably always have a moment in my time of sobriety that I will sit back and again that that fuck I don't want to be here moment will creep back in 
But I mean, sometimes it's just simple things like reading a book, like getting this book from you guys, like really did do something. It, it That's awesome. Like I'm, this is like one of the most favorite gifts I've gotten in a long time because I get to go back and read through this and it's sentimental to me. It's something that will help me. It'll help me figure out how to piece together my book even more. So this is going to benefit me. And then in big theory, maybe benefit somebody else. Yeah. If I can figure out how to, you know, come up with a good book that people will read. Um, it, it's just small gestures, man, that mean a lot to me now. And, uh, man, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to get all sappy on this one, but you know, it, it's, it's always good being here and, and talking and I hope it's like something that happens steadily, you know? Yeah. Just coming up here and hanging out with you guys and talking. We don't even have to talk Absolutely, about. Dude. We don't even have to talk about me being all sad and <laughs> being being a little whiskey connoisseur. <laughs> Buddy, know? we're all sad. <laughs> it's twenty twenty three. We're all sad. <laughs> dude, yeah. Thanks again for coming back, and uh, Thank you I'm, for I'm sure me. we'll have you on yeah. periodically. Um, we're not going anywhere. We hope you're not going anywhere. No. And, uh, no. Man, uh, I will fly back if I go to hell Virginia. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> again, will. thanks for thanks for everything, dude. We thank you guys. Yes, we love you, brother. For real, Corey. I don't forget about you over there. <laughs> <laughs> the creep lurking in his shadows. <laughs>